Music and lyrics are intertwined in our popular culture. The songwriters bear their souls, but sometimes their words have meanings unique to us, the listeners. Here, we explore those meanings. I'm Keith Grieve, and this is Interpretations. Episode 1, Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Welcome to the premiere episode of this new experiment I'm calling Interpretations. I've been toying with the idea of a podcast where I can talk about my favorite songs and their meanings to me and hopefully start a discussion where people can share their unique takes on popular songs. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and all that so you can follow our journey forward. What better way to start a new podcast than with the first hit song from my all-time favorite group, Counting Crows? Mr. Jones off of 1993's August and Everything After is a song probably everyone from my generation knows. They've probably heard it in one form or another in a million different places. It's officially grocery store music at this point, but it's also a song with a pretty cool story. Whether it's the Shalalas at the beginning that rumor has that the label didn't want on the song in the first place, but probably secured them their first big gig replacing Van Morrison at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, or the ways that the song has morphed and contorted over the years, Mr. Jones is more than just a catchy alt-pop rock hook with over 544 million plays on Spotify at the point of this recording. Lead singer and songwriter Adam Duritz had detailed the story behind the song in their episode of the old VH1 Storyteller series. You can hear the acoustic version from that show on the double CD set that includes most of the Storyteller set, but also another live set from when they appeared on MTV's Live at the Ten Spot, which is as much electric as the Storyteller CD is acoustic. The story of the song itself is about a night out between two friends. One is the main character in the song, Mr. Duritz, but his compatriot on this nocturnal adventure is his friend, Marty Jones. Marty was the bassist for a group called the Himalayans, which also featured Duritz. They went out to see Jones's father, who really was a well-known flamenco guitar player at this place really called the New Amsterdam. Well, he was as well-known as a flamenco guitar player can get in the 1990s in San Francisco, but... After sitting there and watching Kenny Dale Johnson, who you know, who was Kenny Dale Johnson, you might ask, well, he was Chris Isaac's drummer. After they watched him get girls by the handful, they joked that if they were famous, meeting girls slash life would be easy. Duritz introduces the song during the Storyteller special as being about his dreams. It's a cautionary tale about how you think things are going to be great when you're rich and famous, but that's not necessarily the case. Maybe that's a valid point. I'm not rich. I'm not famous. I will take his word for it. The song, to me, goes a little deeper. To me, it's an inner monologue of a guy who's at this bar, and he's trying to be in the moment, but he can't. He retreats to his mind and gets caught up watching the scenery. He's he's background filler because he's not famous. He's background filler in his own life because he's not famous. He hasn't achieved anything yet, but he's got plans. He wants to be Bob Dylan, for Christ's sake. The album version in that uh, I Want to Be Famous vein is pretty straightforward, but if you follow the different live versions that are out there, the song actually becomes something more, in my opinion. It grows and matures along with the main character and, by extension, the listener. If you listen to the storyteller's version, there's some lyric changes that shift things a bit. 
That version starts out with Duritz inserting the opening lyrics to The Birds, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. And while this version includes I Wish I Was Beautiful, later live versions leave that line out. Almost in a self-conscious kind of way. Other live versions change the lines later in the song from We All Want to Be Big, Big Stars, But We Get Different Reasons for That to We All Want to Be Big, Big, Big Stars, But Then We Get All Messed Up About That. And going further, where the original says, Believe in me because I don't believe in anything and I want to be someone to believe. Subsequent live versions caution, And I don't want to be someone to believe. You should not believe in me. A couple lines later, when everybody loves you, ah, son, that's just about as funky as you can be, that gets altered to that's just about as fucked up as you can be. Even the ending line gets changed to Mr. Jones and me, we don't see each other much anymore instead of we're going to be big stars. It's important to note that these live versions were recorded after the band hit it big. And the reason why that's important is uh, really because of what Adam Duritz went through psychologically, emotionally, if you want to, if you want to put it that way, uh, in the wake of all the fame. Uh, recently on a Joe Rogan podcast, when uh, it was actually last year, when Butter Miracle Sweet One came out, Adam told a story about life in the wake of that monster hit, living in Berkeley and having random strangers come up to him and tell him how much the band sucked. And while he admits the negative was dwarfed by the amount of people who were positive, it still messed with him and drove him to move to L.A. and bartend at the Viper Room at the height of his fame. And all the live recordings I harvested off of Napster back in the day, yes, I realize I'm dating myself even more than talking about an album from 1993, they all had those alternate lyrics sprinkled in. Every live version that I had heard had a version of that storyteller's Mr. Jones, you know, those lyric changes in there. Until the Live at Town Hall record, which was really a 20th anniversary performance of the August and Everything After album, the band went back to the original electric sound for the song, and while the great guitar feeling so symbolic line was still changed to I get so confused every day, the line about not being someone to believe in was reverted back closer to the original. Believe in me, even though I don't believe in anything, because, you know, I just might be someone to believe. So come on, children, believe in me. The last line also reverts back to Mr. Jones and me are going to be big stars, even though they throw a big old rock and roll ending on that version. So for someone my age, who was 17 years old and one week into his senior year of high school when August and Everything After came out, Mr. Jones, the song, changed, evolved, and grew with me until I, like Adam, felt comfortable in my own skin. And that's why I love this song to this day. This has been Interpretations Podcast. I'm Keith Grieve, your host. Send all comments and emails to interpretationspod at gmail.com. Follow us at interpropod on Twitter. And also find us on Facebook. Facebook. 